Good morning, Radiate. I am so glad you jumped in with our digital experience today. Man, have we got a treat for you in our Remix Road Trip series this month. It's going to be an amazing time. Today, we have a really big treat for you, somebody that is not uh, a stranger to Radiate Church, uh, someone that is a great friend of mine and my family, somebody that is a great voice, a great uh, friend, somebody that gives uh, great leadership to us uh, here at Radiate Church. We got Pastor Mark Pangle uh, from Four Points Church in Greer, South Carolina today. He's coming to speak to us, give us what I know is going to be a word from God. Uh, one of the most phenomenal leaders, a great communicator, an incredible man of God. He's coming to bring the word today. So here's what I challenge you to do, encourage you to do. Grab your notebooks, grab your pens, sit back, get as quiet as you can, and pay attention and engage in the word that Pastor Mark is bringing for you. Pastor Mark, thank you so much for the time. We love you. Radiate Church, I love you. Let's dive into the word today. What is up, Radiate Church? I'm so excited to be with you guys. I'm excited about this opportunity. I just got to tell you, before I get rolling, how how much I deeply love Pastor Brandon and Megan. They're great friends. Listen, I could talk and talk and talk about how much I love them and how awesome they are, but this is what I want you to know. I've gotten to be around a lot of pastors and made friends. There's not many like them. There's not many people like them. There's not many people that you find that truly, not just blowing smoke, are better off the stage than on, and he's awesome on the stage. And she's awesome on the stage, but they're even better off. And I love them. I love their staff. I love your church. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity to be a part of this Remix Road Trip. I'm excited. Y'all, God's given me a word. I, I really believe that if you'll lean in for the next few minutes, that God will change the way you look at this particular thing. God will change the way you look at what we're going to cover today, and he'll help you, and this can set you free. And what I always want to do, just to let you in a little bit, my name's Mark. I'm from Spartanburg, and greetings from the upstate. I, what I really always want to do is I want to know why. I want to know how does this help me. I, I want to not be stuck in my life, if you know what I'm talking about. And that, that's the biggest thing that I always want to get across. And when God gave me this truth recently, I just had to share it with you when Pastor Brandon gave me the honor of getting to share with you in this Remix Road Trip message. I had to share this with you. And so the title of my message today is Get in the System. I hope where you're watching at home or wherever you're watching that you'll just say out loud, I'm going to get in the system. I'm going to get in the system. Let me tell you what I think of when I think of getting in the system. I had the opportunity in my 20s of teaching and coaching basketball. I loved it, y'all. I did ministry, but that was, that was my job, and I absolutely loved it. I loved playing ball, but then I loved coaching. And one thing that we always tried to stress to our players is no matter how good you are, you've got to play in our system. You've got to play in our system. Now, we didn't have a system where we tried to hinder guys, where we tried to shut them down. As a matter of fact, we tried to get them rolling. We try to get them running. Our system was, when you get the ball, let's push it. As a matter of fact, one of our worship leaders at Four Points, where I get the pastor, was our point guard. And I used to scream to him, go, go, do it, do it, do it, do it. Which meant, once you get it, hit the outlet and get going. And as fast as you can get going, let's go push the ball. But 
when we pushed the ball, we had certain positions that we wanted people to go. And if it wasn't there, if we didn't have a layup or we didn't have an open set shot, we wanted to get back in and run a set play. Every once in a while, there'd be one of our guys that thought they were bigger than the system, thought they didn't have to run the system that we ran. And listen, this was our rule. No matter how good you are, if you won't do our stuff, then you can't play for us. And I, I brought this out to show you it worked, y'all. This is my three state championship medallions that they give you that they put around your neck. And my state championship net, you get to cut the nets down is what they say when you win. And three different times we won. And in our system, it wasn't a hindering system at all. As a matter of fact, we scored 100 points or more several times. But we still had a system. And if you were unwilling to play within the rules, within the system that we put in place, you couldn't play. Now, when it comes to our relationship with the Lord, interestingly enough, it's the same thing. And this is, this is the discipline that I hope you'll walk away with, and that's actually the word that I'm going to use, is, is an understanding that discipline equals freedom. We love to celebrate as Christians you're watching this and you're saved, we love to celebrate the fact that there's freedom in Jesus Christ. And that's true. But it's life-changing when you realize that discipline is, is actually what equals freedom. It's inside of the parameters of the system that God shows me. And by the way, this isn't living by the law. It's understanding how the law works for me. It's understanding that when God, God's truth begins to settle in me, that it changes everything. But if I'm unwilling to do, watch this, to do God's system, then I need not get mad at God when it doesn't work for me. It works for you. Now, we know that there are laws like you shouldn't kill people. That's a law. Thank God for that law, right? You shouldn't speed. And if you speed and you get pulled over, you got to pay the piper. You got, you got to pay the fine. But then there's also laws like gravity. And whether I like the law of gravity or not, my feet are on the ground because of gravity. I can't just float in the air. And today what I want to talk to you about is the law of the harvest. And I'm going to show you through this message why it works. But y'all, you got to get something first. And so I'm going to take you to Matthew chapter 22. And I want to show you this conversation that Jesus had in the temple. And it is awesome. And I think Jesus is hilarious, by the way. Because everybody thinks that Jesus is this, is this British dude that has a British accent. And he's white. And he's like, the, how is Lord? That was it. But that wasn't Jesus at all. Just so you know, he was Middle Eastern. And he was savage. Somebody say savage Jesus, because that is my Jesus and how he rolled. And so this is what happened. It says that the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle this, him as Jesus in his words. And look, it says, and they sent their disciples to him. These are not the disciples. These are the disciples of the Pharisees trying to trick him. They sent the disciples along with the Herodians, this groups of people, and they said, teacher. Now listen to these words. I need to tell y'all something and we'll keep rolling. Be careful of people who flatter you because they're actually trying to trap you. If people start giving you great compliments, there might be a slap on the backside of it. Don't trust them 
Trust people. Matter of fact, Proverbs over and over tells you that the truth from a friend is better than flattery from a fool. And, and, and this says, this is, this is flattery from fools. It says, teacher, we know that, that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. And you do not care about one, anyone's opinion for you are not swayed by appearances, blah, blah, blah. They're full of junk, if you know what I'm talking about. And it says, tell us then what you think. And here comes the hook. Here comes the trap. Here comes that back end part where they're trying to get Jesus. And it says, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Now, why is that important? Jewish people did not like the fact that they were controlled by the Romans. And the taxes to Caesar was literally them saying, look, we know we have to pay a temple tax. We know we have to do all these things. But since we're Jewish and we already pay the Jewish tax, do we really have to give the tax to the Romans, because this seems a little bit silly. And watch this. It says, Jesus, aware of their malice, said, I love some savage Jesus. Watch this. Why do you put me to the test? You hypocrites. Called them out. And then it says, show me a coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And it says that Jesus said to them, those whose likeness is on this? In other words, he, he holds up the coin. He says, who's on this coin? And it says, they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, therefore, render. In some translations, it says, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and, and then give to God the things that are God's. And when they heard this, they marveled and they left him and went away. Blew their minds. Because Jesus just caught them. They could not come at him. They could not say, see, he didn't say to. He did say to. He just got them stuck. And all of us would say, yeah, we're good. So far, we're good. This message, it's fine, whatever. I'm not sure what discipline you're talking about. Getting in God's system, that's all good. But this is where, this is where I love this message. I love this passage in particular. Is when you can begin to understand what Jesus actually said here. Because here's the deal. I know y'all know this and your pastor is amazing. And he teaches the truth and he goes after it. Sometimes when we read the English Bible, we don't get the full meaning of what things mean. And in this case, when you just see give to Caesar what Caesar, give to God what's God's, we don't get the full meaning of what that is. And I'm going to show you. The word render or give is the word apodidomy. Apodidomy. Now, in just a minute, I'm going to show you that this word, didomy, is the word that means to give. But this word where he said, give to God what's God's, give to Caesar what's Caesar, means to return, especially as a payment in relation to the source that it's given to, giving back. It's giving back. It's giving back. See, the way God works and the way the law of the harvest works is you really do reap what you sow. And this isn't a Christian thing. This just is it. Just is it. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. And when it comes to money, when it comes to your money, God's system begins with understanding this. So, here's a picture. In 2017, the beginning of 2018, I was in a coaching network in Atlanta. And once a month, I would drive to Atlanta in the morning, about 4 a.m. I would get home about 10 p.m. It was an all-day thing. And I had an older vehicle in my neighbor who also serves as a leader at our church, came to me and said, I have a brand new truck. I'd love for you to drive this the one day a month so you can be safe and you can be in comfort and you can enjoy yourself. And so why don't you come to my house and grab my truck? Here's my keys. I said, awesome. Yes, sir, I'll do it. That's awesome. 
So once a month, I would drive Davin's truck, drive it down, do my thing, come back. Each month, drive down, do my thing, come back. Drive down, do my thing, come back. Just imagine halfway through me doing my thing and borrowing. Everybody say borrow. Borrowing his truck. I just decided, you know what? Give. I'm going to do something for you. I've been praying about this. I've been praying a long time. And I just feel generous in my heart. I've decided that I'm going to give you this truck. What? Like, you, you, can you imagine that conversation? He and I are sitting at the table, and I've just gotten back, and we're catching up, and I say, you know what, man? It's been a long day. Man, I really want to give you this truck. Everybody be like, you're the dumbest. I smack you in the mouth. Who are you talking to? That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. And yet, now I need you to get this. It's exactly what we do for God. Or, as a matter of fact, I got my wallet too because I think it's important. Wrong pocket. What we do for God is we come into church and Pastor Brandon delivers an awesome word or someone delivers an awesome word that Pastor Brandon brings in and we feel compelled by the Lord to give. And so we think, I made $1,000 this week, so I think I'll give $20. I think I'll give $50. Now, can I help you? The problem with that is, the problem with that is, it's not playing in God's system. Give back to God what belongs to God does not mean that I get to decide I'm going to give you half your truck back. Because the Bible says from the beginning that I return the tithe to the storehouse. The first tenth belongs to God. So, so in the previous verse, excuse me, in the previous verse where it says give back to God what belongs to God, if I do not give, if I do not, the word is return, to God what belongs to him, then what I've decided is I'm going to keep your truck, God, because you gave me everything. The entire thing belongs to you anyway, but what you asked from me from the beginning, the entire Bible, what you've asked from me is for me to, to understand that every dollar that I ever get is from you, but you just want the first tenth back, just like as if I was borrowing my buddy's truck. That is apodidomy. That is me saying, this isn't mine, this is yours, I'm returning it to you. Now watch, I'm going to frustrate some of you, but, but this can change your life. Many of you get feelings of generosity in your heart, and you say, I want to give, but in God's system, understanding that you have to get in the system. In God's system, you don't get to get in how he works for you until you get in the system. It's like our players that decided they didn't want to play. They wanted to do their own thing. It doesn't work that way, y'all. So whenever I'm frustrated, whenever I'm going through the motions, I've got to realize that it belongs to God. It is literally as silly as me not giving Davin his truck back, as me not giving God what belongs to him back. That is apodidomy. That is me giving, rendering, helping by opening my hands saying, this isn't even mine anyway. So I'm actually not giving. Can I tell you all this? This was the epiphany that I had when God showed this to me just recently. I said, forever we've said, thank you for giving your tithe, but I can't give you a truck that belongs to you. I just returned the tithe. So I want you all to understand Part one of this is, 
And I believe this is the breakthrough for many of you is you don't get to give or get in God's generosity system in the law of the harvest until you understand that you have to return what belongs to him before he'll give back to you. As a matter of fact, look at what Luke 6 says. This is one of my favorite verses on giving. It says, give and it will be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. It will be, excuse me, running over, will be put into your lap, overflow. And don't we all say, I just want the overflow, I want to experience extra, I want more, I want God's overflow blessing, and we'd love to preach on blessing, but the problem is God is not a respecter of person, but he is a principle. And if you don't go in the system that God has created, then what you've decided is, I'm going to try this give out and see if it'll work for me to see if I give to God Maybe he'll give back to me. Maybe he'll actually do what he says here. Shake and press down. Extra, extra, extra. And this isn't just about money, by the way, but in this case, it is about money. And so if I give and know it'll be given back to me, then I want to be generous. So Mark, why isn't this working for me? It doesn't work because this word, give, didomy, can only take place after you've returned what belongs. Imagine... Imagine if I decided with Davin's truck, I'm going to give this back to you. And I tell him that, and that's hilarious, right? But what if I decided, you know what? I'm going to keep the truck, but I'm going to give half of it. I'm going to give a quarter of it. I'm going to fill it up, but I'm going to hold it. We'd all go, dude, that's the stupidest thing ever. I don't get to be generous to my friend that let me borrow his truck, give until I first return. And then I say, you know what? I've decided because I want to have a generous spirit that I'm going to wash it. I'm going to detail it. I'm going to put some running boards on. I'm going to add some running lights. I'm going to do extra because I feel in my heart I want to be generous to you. But you can't just say, I'm going to give you part of your truck back. I'm actually still stealing because it's not mine. It doesn't belong to me. Y'all, this can change your life if you can understand the reason that God's system hasn't worked for some of you that have actually tried to be generous and you have such a generous heart is because you've never played in God's system. And no matter how generous you try to be, if it's not God's way, he's not going to bless it. He's not going to bless it. Because apodinomy is my entranceway into God's system and I can't begin to sow seed and reap a harvest, which is what the law of the harvest is, right? until I return what belongs to him. So recently, my son has gotten into gardening, which I think is hilarious, because I am not into gardening. I'm into sports, and I'm into a bunch of other stuff. But Haston, my boy, has just decided he wants a little garden. So outside at our house, we have a little garden in the back, and it's awesome, (laughs) it's hilarious. And we got tomatoes, and we got a little bit of corn, we got some greens, and we got a few other things. How many of of y'all understand that when I go out and I look at what Haste and I have done together and what he's done, I don't look down at his tomato plants and think, I sure do hope a radish will start growing out of that. Right? Why? Because I reap what I've sown and in that system because the soil's right and because we put some topsoil down and we put some manure down and we made sure that it was settled and ready and, and, and we made sure that the, 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 the dirt was right and then we sowed and then we watered and we made sure and we kept the bugs away and kept... I expect to see tomatoes grow. And they are, by the way. 
But I think the problem is a lot of us don't understand what 2 Corinthians 9, one of my favorite chapters on giving in all of the Bible is really about because in this case, when, when Paul says the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly and who sows bountifully will reap bountifully, each one must, each one must give as he's decided in his heart. Now watch, you can't decide in your heart what to give until you've decided to be obedient in the first place and just give back what's not even yours in the first place. It's not mine. And y'all, if you leave with nothing else but understanding that I don't get to be in God's system until I'm obedient with God's stuff, why did God choose 10%? I have no idea. It could have been 50. Matter of fact, it could have been 90 and he could have let us keep 10. It's all his. But he chose it. And I don't know about y'all, but I would rather leave knowing that my 90% is blessed than my 100% is all on me. I'd rather leave knowing, God, I did exactly what you said. And then, watch, I get to participate in your system. And once I get to be in that system, everything changes because it's no longer on me. And I can trust the fact. Now, this is where I love this verse. Because, because I get to decide in my heart. Let me tell you what that means. That doesn't mean that I just aimlessly walk around and go, what should I do? What should I not do? Is this infomercial good? Yes, I'll give to that infomercial. That's aimless. You pray. You say, God, where would you have me give? And then the word cheerful giver, because it says God loves a cheerful giver, does not mean happy, go lucky, and weird. It means willing and ready at any moment to do exactly what God says to do. So I can't become a cheerful giver if I've not returned. I can't become a cheerful giver if I'm tight with my money and saying, I just got to make it all, it's all mine. It's a mindset understanding that it's all his anyway. And then it changes your life. And y'all, I could literally for the next 30 minutes tell you story after story after story of how we've sown seed for a particular thing. And in discipline, We've said, we're going to save, we're going to do, and then we look up and we know we're supposed to do this. We wanted to get out of debt, y'all, and we had worked hard, and we felt compelled to sow a $1,000 seed this one time to get out of about seven or $8,000 debt to close it out, and we were like, should we do this? Should we not? We prayed. We knew in our hearts it's what God told us to do. So not reluctantly, but cheerfully, we said, here's the seed. We'll sow it. Literally, and this doesn't always happen. It's not always immediate. Sometimes you got to plant things, and you know that trees take a little longer underground, if you know what I'm talking about. Some plants sprout up quick. Some plants take longer. But regardless, we sowed it because it was an act of obedience, and I promise you before God, someone paid that debt off, and we were debt-free. The car was paid off that we owned. Another time, another time my car broke down. This is two years later. My car broke down. I was like, what do I do? I'm going to go get a junker. I'm going to go do whatever. And we had a little bit of money saved up. It wasn't a ton, but we had a little bit. Our entire savings and checking account would not have blown your mind because we were, we were cheerful givers. We did what God told us to do. We put money back in savings. We put money back in retirement. We tried to be disciplined with everything that we did. And then anytime God moved on us, we'd do it. And, and so I just knew when my car, my head gasket busted and my car was dead, I just knew God said, I want you to sow to this particular thing and call it a car. As God, I can remember being in my office at our church. <clears throat> Excuse me, I can remember being here in my office. When I woke up that day, I told one of our staff members, God told me I'm going to get my keys today. I had sown a seed on Sunday. On Tuesday, God told me, you're going to pick your car up. Why? I had been exactly obedient, and I certainly received back more of a bountiful harvest than I had sown in. 
Why was I able to do that? Because you're more spiritual, Mark, because you're better. No! Because I'm in the system, and it works for me because God doesn't like me more than you. He works when you work the system. But if you have not oppoed, then don't get mad when didomy does not return to you because at that point you're just tipping God. You're not in the system. You can't get in the seed sowing business when it comes to your finances and God working the system until you've returned what belongs to him, what's his first. And I believe the reality is many people are praying harvest prayers. God, I pray that you'll do this big thing on seed that you've never sown, on seed that you've never planted in the ground. And I feel the reason that I wanted to share this word with you is because I think it can change your life, y'all. Now, real quickly, I want to help you understand something. For a round number, I'm going to use $100,000 a year. If you have a $100,000 a year job and you have a $1,000 bill that you need to fix, I personally don't believe if you have $10,000 in your bank, you need to sow seed for that. If you have finances that God's blessed you with, then discipline can help you do that. And you can just pay it off. If you want to go buy something, it's cool to buy stuff. In discipline, in discipline. Y'all, I don't like credit cards because most people aren't disciplined enough to pay them off. I don't think credit cards are bad. I think undisciplined is bad and it what, it's what gets you. And many people, good people, y'all, I know some of y'all are amazing love Jesus, follow Jesus, and you want to do it. Matter of fact, I've had so many conversations where people have said, Pastor Mark, I'd love to do that, but I'm just in such bad financial situation. That's why discipline equals freedom. Read Psalm chapter 1. A good man that doesn't walk with the wicked is like a tree planted by the banks of a river. Banks are disciplined. That's what discipline looks like. It's guardrails. Ezekiel 47, the picture of the water at the temple, says that the water flowed down and and at the banks of the river, trees grew and fruit grew on those trees because it was at the banks of the river, the guardrails. But where there were no banks, this is what it says, it was a swamp. Many of you in your finances right now, it's a swamp, right? Why? Because you don't get to play in God's system, so you're doing your system, and then you aimlessly just buy and go and do whatever you can do. Listen, friend, I don't care if you are skeptical about Jesus or if you're a lover of Jesus. God made you to build his kingdom. And every dollar that ever hits your hand is a kingdom builder dollar. And he's called you to radiate. And that's the place that you should return your tithe if you're a radiator. And then sow into that ministry because it's good soil. But you can't get in God's system doing it. Mark's way or your way. You got to do it God's way. Why? Because in Christ, discipline is where freedom happens. In Christ, discipline is where freedom happens. And I can, I can talk you to death and I can say lots of things, but at the end of the day, what will change your life is to understand that if I'll just give God what belongs to him and I'll begin to operate the way that God intended for me to operate, my life will change. But I want to close with this. Why do I give? Personally, why do I give? Like, why does Mark Pangle get in this system? Because you say, well, it's because you're a preacher, but you don't, most of y'all don't have a personal relationship with me. And so that's not why I give, because I'm a preacher. Because I know a lot of pastors that actually don't do this. Thank God for your pastors and your staff that they do. 
But I know a lot that don't because they're like, I tithe my time. You know what? Praise God, but that's not a tithe. And I think he appreciates it. I'm not saying God shuns you for that. But you can't make excuses and be in the system because it doesn't work. Why do I give? Well, I could give you a lot of reasons, but I want to give you the best one. John 3, 16, maybe the most known verse in the world, right? Maybe the most quoted verse in the world. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. You know what that word is? Didomy. Didomy. It's a gift that I didn't have to give you. That's didomy. That's actually generosity. That's actually giving. And it says that he gave, but God didn't give 10%. God didn't even give 50 or 90%. He gave Jesus, his one and only. He gave his son. He gave Jesus so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He gave Jesus so that I could have life. What? Why do I give? Because he gave first. Look at this. Matthew 20. The son of man, Jesus, came not to be served but to serve and did me, give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus gave his entire life to pay the debt of my sin. My debt cost me, it should. I deserve hell, separation from God for all of eternity, y'all. This is the game changer. Why do you give? Because he gave it all. So when he asked me to sow, or he asked each of us to play in his system, to be a part of God's system, to give our first fruits back to him, the first 10%, just return, it's yours anyway, God, then what an honor and opportunity. It all belongs to you anyway, God. Of course I'll do that. I give because he gave first. And I give because he gave his life for me. I love 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He who knew no sin became sin. Listen to me. Jesus never sinned, but he became sin so that I could become the righteousness of God. He gave his life so that you could give yours back. And for many of you, you might have struggled through this or maybe you're receiving it and you're like, I'm going to be a part of God's system. I want freedom in Jesus Christ. But the only way to really experience freedom is not your tithe. Now listen to me. Here's what religion is. Religion is some of you have tithed, you've been faithful, you've gone to church, but you've never surrendered it all. This is the thing that God asks for everything. You can't give 10% of you and receive salvation. God gave his son to die on a cross to become sin and then death to rise again so that you could have life, but you can't have do this. I believe many people never tithe, but they're saved. But I, but I also think there's people that have given that don't know Jesus. This is what you can't do halfway. You have to ditto me, all of you. You have to say, God, I surrender all. And I believe many of you out there that you've watched this message, I believe there's, I believe there's many people that are going to watch this that you would say, Pastor Mark, I, I don't know Jesus, and this is what I want to do. I just want to pray with you a really simple prayer. I don't believe God saves a magic prayer. I believe he saves your heart. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised from the dead, you are saved. So what I want you to do is just pray with me and say, God, you gave it all, and I want to give my life to you. Save me. So pray with me right now. Wherever you are, just pray this. If you're by yourself or even if you're with a buddy, even if you're with your family, let's pray it out loud together. Jesus, 
Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. God, thank you for giving Jesus to take my place. Today, God, I give you my life that you bought with your blood by dying on the cross. I give my life to you. I believe you died and you rose again. And I receive life in your name. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that and you mean it, I want you to type yes in the comments right now. I want you to type yes, and we're going to heart, and we're going to celebrate, and we're going to be pumped up each service. We're going to let y'all know how excited we are. I know some of you just said yes to Jesus because you never really realized that he gave it all and just want you to surrender it all back to him. I give you my life, Jesus. I love you. I'm thankful for you. You serve like crazy radiators and be a part of all that God is doing here at our church. Guys, you heard it. What an incredible word from Pastor Mark Pangle. What high praise for us uh, as a church. We're excited to have him join us for Remix Week 1. Hey, listen, you heard it from him. If you made a decision for Jesus today, or maybe you heard something from today's message, you're like, man, I just want to take a step of faith, period. Listen, text the word CONNECT to the number 803-205-2487 and let us know, yeah, you know what? I heard something today. I'm kicking the tires on faith. I've never placed Jesus at the center of my life, but I'm going to do that today. Or maybe you're, you're hearing something, you're like, man, I would love to get some online Bible studies through Right Now Media or, man, I want to be a part of this church I just heard about because maybe it's one of the, you know, the first few times that you've ever jumped into one of these streams. Listen, text that word to connect to 803 803- 205-2487 because we want to get connected with you, have a conversation, and help you develop your faith. Radiant Church, I love you. As always, let's go change the world.